Wednesday's Law and Gospel on this April the 22nd in the year of our Lord 2020. I'm Pastor Tom Baker. And beginning last week, we're going to be studying C.F.W. Walther and the proper distinctions between law and gospel. As indicated, there are 39 lectures, 25 theses, and 21 errors. Well, what we're going to do is, rather than just go through the various 25 principles, we're looking at each lecture for 39 times. And last week we did lecture number one. We're going to do lecture number two. Lecture number one, first of all, talked about where there are not differences between law and gospel. Number one, they're both divine. They're from God. Number two, both are necessary because without the law, you can't understand the gospel. And without the gospel, the law is of no benefit. And number three, both law and gospel appear in the Old Testament books and the New Testament books. Number four, the aim of both of them is the salvation of individuals. Though the law does it through condemnation and the gospel does it through salvation, both have the goal of saving a person. The fifth similarity is they do not contradict one another. They're distinct, but they're in perfect harmony. And the sixth similarity is that a lot of people think the law is for unbelievers and the gospel is only for Christians. No, law and gospel are meant for both unbelievers and also for Christians. For Christians, the law still retains its significance. So those were the similarities that a lot of people don't understand. Now we are moving into the differences between law and gospel. And in the first evening lecture, CFW Walter talked about four differences. Number one, they were both revealed to human beings by God, but they differ as to how they were revealed. The law, well, that's just in the minds of people. doesn't matter if you're an unbeliever. You still have laws against murder, stealing, etc. Whereas the gospel has to be revealed by the Holy Spirit. It's not natural to man. Their content is quite different. The content of the law demands the content of the gospel, wonderful, gracious promises. They also differ regarding the promises. The law has promises threatening you, whereas the gospel has no threats at all. And they differ regarding their threats because the law threatens if you don't obey you're not saved. The gospel, as I indicated, has no threats. So those were the first four differences. 
We're now moving into the second evening lecture. And Walter has a little introduction to this. He's talking about that there are people who think they are Christian, but in reality they are not because they just have knowledge of the mere outlines of Christian doctrine. Now, how's that happening today? How many times have you heard that every religion in the world, including Christianity, is about helping the neighbor? And so when somebody has that view of Christianity, that the purpose of the Christian is to only help the neighbor, they have an outline of Christian doctrine, but there's no foundation of saving faith because Jesus Christ isn't necessary anymore in Christianity than he would be in the Jewish faith or Islam. Now, when a person is converted, Walther says, they suddenly awaken to reflect on God and heaven, and they begin to wonder about the deepest problems of human life, like what's going to happen to me when I die. So the majority of people, lay people, they hear this with great joy and are astonished, but they never really advance beyond a certain feeling of delight and admiration in contrast to theologians that Walter says have the greatest interest in Christian doctrine, and therefore they're always sharing what is truth. Remember Pontius Pilate asked Jesus that question, and he said, what is truth? Kind of like that, giving Jesus the impression he doesn't believe there is such a thing as truth. So, Walter talks about that the truth is really shared by inferior people from the point of view of unbelievers. Who's he talking about? He's talking about himself. People look down on Christians, especially today. Who are they to tell us what's right or what is wrong? So he now goes to the fifth difference between law and gospel. And that difference is the effect of the law God has as different than the effect of the gospel. There are three effects of preaching the law. First of all, sure, the law tells us what to do, but it does not give us the strength to do it. In, in fact, one of the effects of the law is that when you hear the law, you're kind of unwilling to keep the law. I drive down Highway 270 here in St. Louis, and I like staying the speed limit. I've got a great car. You put it on 60 miles an hour, it stays at 60 miles an hour. I can't even count on one hand how many cars I pass. Everybody is passing me. Nobody is going hardly the speed limit. Some are 65, some 
I estimated 80. I, I tell you, if I was a policeman, I'd be in an unmarked car and just radio ahead to other police to stop those who are going over the speed limit. I mean, it's really interesting. Uh, and I've given this example before. Uh, you tell your children, let's say you have two of them in the house, five years old and eight years old, and you say, I'm going to go to the garage for a while. Maybe you do some woodworking work there. And while I'm there, I don't want you to go in the basement. Well, as soon as you walk out the back door to get to the garage, guess what the kids do? They go in the basement. Why? Because we have a kind of rebellion within our old Adam where we hate to hear the law. Therefore, the effect of preaching the law is to increase people's lust for sinning. I'll give you an example. Because of the Chinese virus, we've had to cancel all kinds of things in St. Louis, including the Gay Pride Parade that was going to be done in June. Now they're doing it in August. I'll tell you, if I stood or got into the Gay Pride Parade and I had a big sign saying homosexuality is a sin and so is other things done, guess what? They would really be angry at me. They may even go against me with violence. We know that's happened already. But why? Because the law has that effect on them. They can't stand hearing the law. Whereas if Christians are having a parade and somebody has a big sign, Jesus is not the Christ, nobody in the parade is going to stop and beat them up. No, because that may be a statement they want to make, but it doesn't cause us to sin because we know it's untrue. So the effect of the law is actually to increase people's desire to sin. Number two, we're talking about the effects of the law. When the law uncovers a person's sin, it offers him no help and therefore hurls him into despair. It's not at all unusual that people commit suicide because of despair. Maybe they've lost a lot of money. Maybe they've lost their job. Uh, during this time of the virus, there are many who are watching out for those who have suicidal inclinations because they're not working right now. Money isn't coming in. So they hear the law, but it hurls them into despair. The third difference on the law is it has not one drop of comfort. It does induce, sometimes induce or produce feelings of contrition, Walther says. Uh, for example, that contrition, though, I was watching a movie recently, 
and the person was really sad that he had been arrested and was in jail. But he was not sad because of the crime he had committed. He was sad because he got caught. So there is a form of contrition on the part of the law, but there's no comfort. And that's really something. For example, it's in the Bible, Romans chapter 7. Paul talks about coveting. If the law said, you shall not covet, well, it produced in me all kinds of covetousness. When the commandment came, sin came alive, and I died. Yeah, how many times have you had a law, maybe a traffic law, maybe a tax law, it may be a law about marriage. No, it came and sin jumps up and you often die because you're rebelling against this. Now, pagans often do not realize that the evil thoughts they have in their hearts are actually sin. In fact, I had a lady on the radio phone me and accuse me of teaching infant baptism. And she said that I was a liar and therefore I was going to hell. And I said, you just accused me of going to hell and therefore that is a sin. And what did she reply? She said, no, it was a devil who made me do it. It's really quite obvious you hear this a lot of times it's not my fault i cannot help it i cannot prevent myself from sinning sinning well the thing is that's true because we have an old adam but god still holds us responsible because we're the people the worldly pharisees walther says We've killed nobody. We've not committed adultery. We have not been thieves. But the Sermon on the Mount is really clear. Even if you have a bad thought or a bad word, that's equal to doing the deed. That's what it means that sin came alive. The law uncovers sin, but it offers no comfort. In fact, in 2 Corinthians 3, 6, Walter quotes, the letter kills. Now, what's the letter? Well, those were the words written on the stone tablets, he says. There were many immoral people in the early church. One of them was a poet named Ovid. Now, he was not a member of the church. He was an unbeliever. But here's what he said. We strive after the forbidden thing and always lust after those things that are denied us. In fact, he quoted, this is what I do. I always do things that others regard as forbidden. Why do you think the Israelites were trembling, Walther says, when the Ten Commandments were given on Mount Sinai? Because they knew their behavior, they knew their contrition of the heart. Therefore, that's the effect of the law. Remember the young rich man that came to Christ? 
How can I be saved? What must I do? He was utterly blind that he did not perceive the sinful corruption at all. And when Jesus told him, well, if you want to do something, here's what you got to do. He went away sorrowful because he's unable to do those things. Christ knew it was too early at times to apply the gospel because first you had to apply the law. And when you preach the law, the purpose is that people would be cut to their heart as happened to the hearers at Pentecost. And remember when they heard they had killed the Messiah, they asked of the rest, of the apostles, what shall we do? And and Peter then gave them repent and be baptized, which moves us into the effects of the gospel. We've heard the three effects of the law. Now we're going to take a look at the effects of the gospel. The first effect is, though it demands faith, at the very same time, It also offers and gives faith. So what it demands, it fulfills. And it does that through the word of the Bible. And we're not talking about just the physical sound of the spoken word, but rather the contents of the word. I've seen Bible studies, let's say, on some subject, like the creation of the world, and they never mention Jesus Christ. They just try and prove that the world was created in six 24-hour days. Now, they may be believers in Jesus Christ, but they explain Genesis 1 and 2, hopefully on the basis of science, and they don't use Jesus at all in it. Now, that would be an interesting situation because it therefore is only speaking the word rather than the true contents of the word that are always about Jesus Christ. The second effect of the gospel is that it does not rebuke sinners at all, but rather Its purpose is to take away all terror, all fear, all anguish, filling them with peace and joy. The best example I can give you is Jesus on the night of the resurrection. There were the disciples in great terror. And what did Jesus say? Peace be with you. The third effect of the law is it doesn't require people to give anything good in order to be saved. You don't have to produce a good heart, a good disposition, even an improvement in your condition. Uh, We have preachers today who are saying the reason you're not getting blessings is you're not obedient enough. And they forget that the law gives blessings regardless of your obedience. It demands nothing but gives all. And therefore, the word gift is really important. 
So you don't tell the sun to shine. It shines automatically. So also you don't say to a Christian, you must do this or that, says Walther, because when the Christian hears the third use of the law information, they desire to do that. So that's a fifth difference, the effects of law and gospel. And we now move to the last uh, point of difference between law and gospel, and that's to whom do you give the law? To whom do you give the gospel? You preach the law to secure sinners, those who don't think they need Jesus Christ. You preach, therefore, the gospel to alarmed sinners. What does that mean? Let, let's say you're talking to somebody who is not a Christian. The first thing I do is talk to them sufficiently to figure out, do I give them law or do I give them gospel? If they come to me really worried about a sin they have done, then you give them gospel. But if they come to me with questions, why does anybody need Jesus Christ? Then you give the law. So the law goes to secure sinners, the gospel to alarmed sinners. Paul writes about that in 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 8 to 10. Walther quotes this. The law is not laid down for the just, but for the lawless and disobedient, for the ungodly and sinners, for murderers, and he means by thought, word, or deed, the sexually immoral, men who practice homosexuality, enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Therefore, you only preach the law, not the gospel, to such people. Uh, that's what Jesus did with the rich man who came to him. If you read that in Mark 10, there's not a drop of gospel. In fact, Jesus finally says, with men it is impossible to save themselves. And then you take a look at Luke 10. The lawyer, what must I do to be saved? There's not a drop of gospel in the parable of the Good Samaritan, but the lawyer is being told by God, oh, you want to be saved by your works? Then you have to love even Samaritans. And he goes away in despair. This is taught even in the Old Testament. Walther teaches Isaiah chapter 61 as to the purpose of the gospel. He's talking about Jesus Christ. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to the captives, the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. Now you may say, what do you mean the day of vengeance? Isn't that when he sends people to hell? No, what Isaiah is referring to the vengeance when he will execute on hell and the devil as Christ proclaims. So, Walther says, a preacher is not a proper preacher 
who continues to preach the law to a starved sinner. Now, not only does Walther many times quote the Bible, but he also quotes Luther. Here's a term from Luther. By the term law, nothing else is understood than a word of God that is a command then enjoins us what to do and what to avoid that requires us from us some work of obedience. Law is anything that refers to what we are to do. The gospel is any doctrine or word of God that does not require works, but is offered as a gift. So Walter is ending his second evening by talking about that the law is conditional. If you do it, you are saved. Whereas the gospel is unconditional. It promises gifts that the law never gives. The next session, we'll be talking about his third evening lecture. And that will occur, God willing, uh, and next Wednesday. I'm Tom Baker. We're going to be doing a repeat broadcast tomorrow because I'm not in the studio, but God bless. Listen to Law & Gospel each weekday morning at 9.30 on KFUO. For a tax-deductible gift to Law & Gospel, please make your check payable to Concordia Mission Society and mail it to Tom Baker. P.O. Box 28910, St. Louis, Missouri 63132. To give online, visit lawandgospel101.com or call toll-free 1-877-267-1962. Views and opinions expressed on Worldwide KFUO may not represent the official position of the management or ownership of KFUO, the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. If you'd like to comment on programs or topics heard on Worldwide KFUO, write us at KFUO, 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can also leave a question or comment on our comment line at 314-996-1542. We are the messenger of good news, Worldwide KFUO.